When he turned his back from shoulder to shoulder, it looked like as wide as the tailgate of a truck. And this darkness, literal darkness, just came like all over, just, just all over me except where I was standing. This thing let out the most blood-curdling, mind-blowing, spine-tingling scream that you've ever heard in your life, and it cut through me like a knife. And I knew that they were going to take me. I just knew it. And then the next thing I can remember is being levitated. Well, when I look in there, uh, I see two big eyes staring back at me. Hello and welcome. You're listening to The Bump Podcast, a place for the believers of the unexplained, monsters, and paranormal. Join us, and we'll go face-to-face with what goes bump in the night. I got a great episode for you today. Don't let my tone of voice or if you're watching this, how I look mislead you. Um, I'm feeling a little under the weather, feeling a little rough. I have a sinus infection. Um, my wife's in the other end of the house sick, not COVID this time. So we're good. But, um, you know, when you, when you feel wore out and you feel like not doing much of anything, that's exactly when you need to just get up and go, right? And I definitely don't want to miss this this discussion with Kevin Paul. Uh, he's an accomplished author. Uh, he sent me two copies of his books. Uh, well, one copy of two books. <laughs> it's Haunted Hills and Hollows, What Lurks in Green County, Pennsylvania. Uh, first book he wrote. He co-wrote with Rosemary Ellen Guiley. And I'm going to hold it up here so those that are watching on YouTube can see it. It's a great book. Um, he has accounts of different things that went on specifically in and around Green County, Pennsylvania. Uh, when I was reading through it, I got especially um, interested in a lot of these things. You know, he talks about burial mounds. You know, Native American burial mounds, the Adena people. Um, you know, Green County, Pennsylvania is pretty close to where I'm at here in West Virginia. Um, it's across the, the state line, you know, but we share a lot of history. Um, another one being winged humanoids he has in Chapter 16. Uh, talks about Mothman. So we're going to get through this. We're going to uh, get in through the book here. Um, I'm really interested to talk to him i don't know about any kind of personal experiences he's had or anything like that but um you know like i say everybody's got a story right everybody's got something that's went on that they just can't quite explain so in just a moment i'll go ahead and bring him on the show all right stand by while we wait for kevin to join us i want to go ahead and just invite everybody to come on to patreon um, I know everybody's got a Patreon and you can't support everybody's shows. I get that. Um, there's only a couple out there that I support myself at this point. Uh, it's just, it gets expensive and it's the holidays. I understand that. Um, that being said, 
uh, the Bump Podcast on Patreon. I have five tier levels to choose from, um, going from $2 up to, I think, the highest tier is $30. Um, depending on what tier you're at, um, there's merch that they send out every few months. There are uh, bon- There's bonus content. There is extra episodes, a little behind-the-scenes stuff that I do every once in a while. Um, I'm going to try to get extra episodes out there, you know, once or twice a month at least. Um, you know, two bucks, that's for the, you know, just the general show and support kind of thing. About a cup of coffee a month. So it, there's something for everybody, you know, to fit everybody's budget. And um, you know, I just wanted to throw it out there. Uh, I'm not really good at asking for for <laughs> for anything so i'll just inviting you to come join it come check it out um i started patreon back in january and so there's there's tons of stuff to get on there and see at this point you know it's been pretty much a full year um other podcasters can tell you patreon is a very slow growing kind of thing um I, at this point i have like seven maybe eight subscribers. So there's not a whole lot, but they get, they get to see this content. They're the only ones. So at some point, you know, I'll I'll occasionally go through the archives and release that to the public after a few months. But um, things like my Sunday musings, I'm starting to put them exclusively on Patreon. That way um, they have a little something just for them, you know, just as a, a thank you on top of the merch on top of the getting early releases on every episode, um, I want to do more, you know, because I, I really appreciate the support. You know, I'm a one-man show here, and uh, at the moment, I have zero sponsors. So I'm doing what I can. Um, you know, everybody knows what it's all about. <laughs> and at the end of the day, we got to pay bills, right? So uh, I invite you. Come up, check out Patreon. If you don't like it, that's fine. If you like it, awesome. Glad to have you. Um, no matter what, I'm going to try to keep putting this out every single week. Um, schedules are tight. Everybody's busy. But so far, we're, we're creeping up on 100 episodes. I haven't had to miss a week yet. So we'll keep on trucking. All right. Let's go ahead and bring on Kevin. Well, good evening. Uh, Thanks for having me on. Uh, I'm Kevin Paul. Um, I live in Green County, Pennsylvania. I'm born and raised here. Um, My family's been here since roughly the time of the revolution. So I come from a pretty strong um, Western Pennsylvania, Appalachian farm background. Um, Got versed in a lot of uh, folklore in combination with um, old time gospel. So that's, that's sort of the approach I use. That's my, uh, my spiritual, spiritual belief. That's the approach I use to uh, interacting with the paranormal. Um, Like a lot of the listeners, I'm a lifetime experiencer. Um, A number of years ago, I was working in uh, Delslow, West Virginia, just outside of Morgantown. And uh, my supervisor uh, didn't care what we listened to at work as long as we got our work done. And I was also involved with helping some people uh, try to figure out what was going on at a location that was fairly haunted. And um, 
long story short, I heard Rosemary Ellen Guiley uh, streaming online, uh, reached out to her by email, not expecting to ever hear from her. Um, she returned my email and not only did we work together for about 12 years, but we became very close friends, um, extended families. Um, she was the one that encouraged, uh, encouraged me to get involved in writing the first book, uh, Holland Hills and Hollows, but lurks in Greene County, Pennsylvania. Um, and regrettably see since has passed, but the sequel just came out uh, this past October. It's Haunted Hills and Hollows too, uh, still lurking in Greene County, Pennsylvania. So that's kind of in a nutshell how I got involved in uh, being published. I love it. Thanks. Right. Yeah, Rosemary, I, I, I think I have a couple of her books. Um, she's wonderful, ain't she? Oh my gosh. Yeah. She, um, I didn't know what to, <laughs> I didn't know what to expect. I didn't realize she's such a rock star and, and, um, as she pulled in, we were, uh, our youngest daughter was maybe 10 or 11 at the time, if that. And she pulled in, we were out at, and she got out of the vehicle. And I used to kid her. I said, I was expecting someone that looked like a celebrity and she looked like a biker chick. And I thought, well, we can get along with her because she's, you know, pretty down yeah. to earth. But she, um, she was remarkable. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you said you're a, a lifetime experiencer. Correct. Okay. Well, if you don't mind, Kevin, would you uh, tell me a little bit about some of your experiences? Uh, are they paranormal? Are they cryptid? What, what are we talking about here? Um, the first one I actually remember is, is uh, similar. Going back to the first book, most of the people that are mentioned in that book, I, I actually know fairly well. So there, it, I didn't have to really, there wasn't any struggle to, to establish credibility. Hmm. Um, the person we referred to as Art Hawk talked about seeing a light being. Um, I had a very similar experience. I was fairly young, um, woke up in the middle of the night. I shared a bedroom with, with two brothers, woke up in the middle of the night and there was, uh, if you can imagine a shadow person only made out of light standing in the bedroom. And of course, you know, you're a kid, you run downstairs and wake your parents and uh, they assure you it's a dream. Um, but when I mentioned it to my grandmother, you know, her take on that kind of stuff was, was a little different. So um, we, that was the first one I really remember. Um, I've had premonition. As I've gotten older, I have a lot of premonitions. I've seen a lot of shadow people. I have seen uh, human apparitions, but mostly what I see, um, I tend to refer to as non-human entities. They, they might be humanoid, but um, huh. some of them actually sort of defy description, unless you look at the folklore. Yeah. Yeah, are we talking like uh, maybe angelic beings or something a little more nefarious or uh, both I have um, I did actually see what I pretty sure was an angel one night in um, Beaver County Pennsylvania uh, stand along the roadside um, but I've seen more nefarious things as well as well and then I've also um, it kind of runs the gamut um, 
it's kind of a little hard to put a finger on. Um, I may have seen Sasquatch once, but most of what I've seen is um, humanoid shapes or uh, disfigured ones, but but still humanoid. Yeah. I, I know it's probably hard to describe and might not be easy to talk about, but I assure you uh, there's no judgment here, man. Oh no, it's not that. It's just I. Um, it, sometimes it's hard to find the words. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I've I've heard it all, and I've I've seen quite a bit <laughs> myself. You know, I've had I've had some experiences too. Um, this light being that you talk about, that I find that super interesting right off the bat. Um, it being your first experience, I imagine you were fairly young, right? I was four or five. So this, yeah, I was pretty young. Okay. Can you remember any features or was it just like basically a, a, a silhouette of light? It was a silhouette of light. It, it appeared like it was likely male. Okay. But other than that, um, I don't recall um, getting any information from it at all. I, I, I did... Um, I did go, uh, undergo uh, regressive uh, hypnotherapy uh, or hypnosis, whatever the proper term is, uh, yeah. earlier this year and went back to that. And um, the, I don't, I apologize, I don't have the notes in front of me, but it, is, it seems that this particular uh, entity uh, came and went um, in a location, it was on my grandparents' farm uh, just above my parents' house and um, uh, closely associated with uh, a water source. And uh, apparently, um, from what I learned that night, I wasn't the first member of the, of the family that it had reached out to, but the last one had been like in the 1920s, so it had been a while. So it, it, it seems like it was attached to the, to the ground there. Um, or at least that's where it like to uh, come and go. Hmm. So this is all in Greene County, PA. Yeah. Yeah, that, you know, at the same age, my daughter, when I, when I first moved home from the Air Force, which was uh, 2009, November, um, we moved in, you know, because I, like I said, I, I had just moved back and my grandmother had passed away about two months before I got home. So uh, I moved into her place and my daughter was, you know, she was about a month away from turning five years old at the time. And I take her into her, what would be her bedroom, you know, and I tuck her in or whatever. And uh, I, go, I go about my business. I go, you know, get something to drink or whatever. And I come back and just check on her. And I try to reassure her because she's still awake. You know, I, I ask her if she's afraid, you know, tell her everything's going to be okay. I know it's a new place or whatever. And she said, no, I'm not, I'm not scared. The white man told me I would be okay. Yeah. And she described it the same way that it was just a man of light. And that, that's when you said, you know, that, that light being, and it's the same age. And I just, I feel like there's comfort there for children, you know? Um, that's why well, yeah, I don't remember being frightened as much as trying to figure out what it was. Yeah. And um, uh, 
but I don't ever, I don't ever remember discussing any of this stuff uh, with my parents as a child. I, I discussed some of it with my dad um, real late in his life, but mm -hmm. most of the time um, it was my grand, my grandmother in particular, um, the, um, uh, the Hopkinsville goblins. You remember that story? Oh, absolutely. Okay. I'm a kid. And, and, uh, you know, there was used to be that weekly or bi-weekly paper. I think it's a magazine now called the grit. Uh -huh. And they ran a story about the Hopkinsville goblins. And, um, and I remember mentioning it to my grandmother and, uh, and I'm not faulting my, my mother here, but my mother's response would have been something like, well, they were, you know, they were drinking or is their imagination. My grandmother's response was she pointed out that when the authorities went back the next day, there was 30 odd six casings laying all over the ground. And, you know, that costs money and, and you live out in the country and you don't pull weapons out because, you know, it gets to that point, you mean business, plus it's an investment. And um, her thing was obviously they were shooting at something, but nobody knows what it was. And that uh, kind of stuck with me. Um, so I, um, in hindsight, I guess she, she didn't discourage me. I, I, uh, I can see her hand in some of this because, you know, it was Protestant Christianity and, uh, and folklore yeah. and, you know, you blend the two. Yep. Yeah. I wouldn't have it any other way, man. I, I, yeah, really. <laughs> I, I love it. Yeah, more people need to do it. We'd solve some of the solve some of the problems in the world, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, just, we just need to accept that there's things out there that uh, are spiritual. You know, exactly. it's just, it just is what it is. There, there's exactly. spiritual things out there. Well, one of the most uh, striking things to happen to me this year, I, my wife and I were set up at a local uh, festival and a pastor's wife, I mean, a pastor's wife asked me what happened to people after they died. And I was like, well, don't you know? I mean, <laughs> and um, uh, there's, there's some work needs to be done, I guess, um, by all of us. But, um, you know, I, uh, obviously the spirit world's real and it surrounds us. And, um, my thing is it, it's sort of like um reading the almanac you know you, you do things by the signs and you can interpret the paranormal by the sign but you have to pay attention and study it long term not just go in and go out um with your electronics you, you have to like stick with it and find out what it is they do or do not want you to do but they'll tell you but it takes time because yeah. we don't you know we're the ones that don't understand not them right in yeah. my opinion yeah i i agree with you i think once they're on that other you know that other plane that other dimension whatever you want to call it um on the other side they are obviously you know maybe not every haunting or whatever you want to call it um there's a there's an intelligence you know there's an awareness oh, very much um they either try to communicate or they try to get you to leave them alone but they're aware of us way more than what we are of them i think oh i agree so I, yeah, yeah i um you know i've seen 
apparitions of humans that that uh i think without a doubt were human ghosts mm -hmm. but the majority of the stuff i've seen um goes beyond that and like you say uh, you know a lot of times the human hauntings are 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 repetitious or, or they're unaware the apparition is not exactly aware of your presence but these other things these non-human entities um there's an intelligence to them uh long term uh a couple cases um and we can talk about it if you want to there there seems to be both strategy and tactics involved mm -hmm. um in the first book the the chapter about angry spirits of the land there was uh, some non-human entities there that just wanted us out of there and they took very specific steps in a, in a certain order and eventually we pulled the plug on the investigation but it had run over a course of um, a couple years and the same thing at the green county historical society museum which is mentioned in both books yes. um more so in the second book i picked up on this it was the same pattern and they were using the same tactics and um you could uh, i was just an observer but you could you could pick out you sort of had in mind what they're going to do next based on past experience and um i it's kind of a stretch for me to believe that um humans would do that this was pretty advanced for um um something that uh most cases just you know for humans they, they seem to appear and walk through the room or or they seem to be attached to an object or something like that these things would fall around the grounds they'd leave the building um in the case of uh the farm there was one that would follow you off the property and um i it's hard to convince me that that's human i think it's uh i think it goes beyond that yeah i do too um i think when that kind of stuff happens when something starts attaching to you or presenting themselves as something um innocent to obviously to try to gain your trust to for you to lower your guard um i think there's something something darker um that, that it could be and is I know a lot of people don't like to use the word, um, but are, are you referring to these things possibly being demonic in nature? Or? Yeah, um, but if you're familiar with with some of Michael Heiser's work. Um, I'll, I'll, okay, I love this. I love where this is going. Okay, all right. <laughs> I, I'm a big well, you and I, okay, fan. you and I are on the same page. I, 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 honest, I'm not kidding you. Rosemary and I had this same conversation over about three years because she was trying to get through to me that not all demons work for satan and i've just was having trouble wrapping my head around that till i until um regrettably after she'd passed i watched michael heiser on youtube yeah and he came out with supernatural beings with supernatural powers that aren't aren't god and it was like an epiphany it's like oh <sighs> this is what she was talking about so now I'm, you know, I find myself in conversations with people and say, well, yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot of demonic stuff, but they don't necessarily work for Satan. And um, one of the examples I use, which irritates people sometimes, you say, well, you know, if the Marvel universe were true, it's demonic because, you know, those guys can do whatever they want. Right. 
And it's like, oh, no, no, it's fantasy. And I said, well, yeah, but if it was true, like, you know, like Spider-Man, you know, shooting stuff out of his. So I don't know. I, um, I'm, I, I really appreciate what Heiser's work there because it, it um, and I, I think that's kind of a failing right now. Um, it's like the, the Hollywoodization of the, the paranormal where everything's all rosebuds and unicorns and fairy dust and, and some of this stuff will slap you around if you don't play by the rules. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, I've, I've read The Unseen Realm uh, by Heiser. Yes. Uh, I've listened to him on several podcasts. I listen to his podcast from time to time. He's just a little too smart for me sometimes. I can, you know, he, uh, yeah, on his I've, podcast, he goes pretty deep. And I'm like, wow, you know. I found, yeah, you got to watch it two or three times. In the case of the Unseen Realm, um, I've got a copy and it's got a lot of highlights in it. And I got to go back through it. And, and I mean, you have to read it and reread it and reread it. Then yeah. finally it, it clicks. But, um, you know, this stuff, um, had it been taught openly, um, the world would be a different place, I think. Um, I, I agree. I think that the supernatural worldview is definitely something that has been lost um, in, in our faith, for sure. Oh, and, I agree. Um, you know, even a lot of Christians say, you know, ghosts aren't real. Uh, you know, it's like that. I, I don't understand how you can wrap your head around that. Um, you know, it says in the Bible, you know, that doesn't Jesus say something to the effect of do not be afraid. I'm not a ghost. Correct. Uh, if ghosts weren't real, he wouldn't say that. Correct. Uh, like Heiser said, if necromancy wasn't possible, they wouldn't warn against it. Correct. <laughs> you know, the, these things are literally real and we need to be aware of it. That it's, it's not like you said, all fairy tale and we live in a supernatural world. Correct. And, um, Hollywood has, uh, we we've let the entertainment industry define everything. You know, I, I said a couple nights ago that, uh, Disney has now made Tinkerbell uh, cute and voluptuous. Mm -hmm. And that's not the way it works. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's what we've got to deal with. So. Yeah, it is. It is. And I, I personally, you know, you can call me conspiracy theorist or whatever, but I think it's intentional that, that Hollywood would uh, try to desensitize and uh, normalize these things. Um, again to lower our guard so people won't be afraid to dabble with these things that you know they might not want to give power to well you won't get any argument from me i um um it it is to desensitize people and when they do finally appear to everyone not just those of us who see them now um some of us will know how to tell good from bad and a lot of people won't. And it's going to be because they've been desensitized by this stuff. And I, um, uh, I'm not a fan of, I, I didn't read the books. I went to some of the Harry Potter movies and I, I really didn't care for them because they were showing stuff that I'd seen. I mean, the, you know, the, the owls delivering messages and the, and the black shadows uh, representing death. And I, mm -hmm. I uh, can remember, 
uh, leaning over to my wife when we took our daughter to one of them, I don't know which one it was. And I said, you know, I, this is the kind of stuff, you know, this stuff's real. Yes, it is. And, um, but it's, uh, it's dressed up as fantasy. And then, you know, you leave the theater and supposedly it never happens. But I, you know, this, this came up uh, this week. Um, there's starting to be chatter about re-enchanting the world and that sort of thing. And, um, you know, re uh, you say, I'm going to go to the enchanted forest and everybody thinks it's, um, uh, you're following the yellow brick road. And uh, there's lots of things in the enchanted forest, you know, and, and not all the dragons are like the ones in Shrek. And, <laughs> and um, the, the thing I've, I'm trying to do is figure out, um, and it, it, it's a constant thing, is try to, you know, you've got your, your core beliefs in the Trinity, right? but yet um, receiving messages from the other side and and um you know because i got like a lot of people that that follow appalachian beliefs i i can douse right and i i don't do it often but i i do do it um but it's not what i base my decisions on and and i um it's kind of a constant struggle with me and i um when you get into the second book i uh, i had about a, a, a two-year series of of very unusual dreams that come that culminated in encountering in real life as people from the dreams um and one of them seems to be um an iron an iron age irish deity the morrigan and i i had an awful time with that um that's in the second book uh, the chapter called uh, close encounters of the celtic kind nice um and I had a lot of trouble with that because, uh, you know, if you want to talk to people about the Morrigan, you, you can't, well, at least in this community, you mm -hmm. can't go to the clergy because they're not versed in it. So you reach out to people you've met in the paranormal community. And I, I, I talked to a couple of people and, and, and one of them is detailed in the book. And I did get a, a book written about um it's called priestess of the morgue and the second half of the book was how to worship her i wasn't interested in that i, I read the first half to get the background information and, and that that was very helpful right but i um i'm starting to come to the conclusion you know just as the bible's full of um, parables the rest of the spirit world can um, and I'm not talking the human spirits. I mean, the other ones mm -hmm. communicate the same way in metaphors. And you, you have to like painstakingly take your time and study it. And when you look at the, at the folklore, um, it'll tell you what's being told to you, but you have to read the lore. So right. if that makes any sense, I, um, so that's kind of where I'm at now, um, trying to navigate. Um, I sort of have a foot in three worlds, you know, one, one the material world or the present, one the spirit world, and then um, there's also the challenge of being the, you know, the Christian in the room full of, uh, um, you know, people think they people throw around terms like pagans and witches and stuff, but they don't actually know them. Right. Um, they're, 
for the most part, uh, you know, we have some really remarkable conversations and, and, and thought provoking. Um, from my standpoint, and as subscribing to uh, Appalachian folk beliefs, you know, I can accept their lore. Right. But I don't, you know, my worship's entirely different. Exactly. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of where I'm at. And that, that's my approach to the paranormal. I, you know, God created it all. Yep. And um, it's up, you know, and it, it comes down to, you know, we have to take the time to figure it out and we have, and it's our choice, you know, it's free choice. We have to try to make informed choices as to what, what we're going to do. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I'm right there with you. I agree okay. 100%. I'm, I'm all about, you know, I can follow the lore and I know what, you know, some of these, you know, I, I had a book that I purchased. I don't have it in front of me, but it's called, uh, it's called Backwoods Witchcraft. Okay. Now the books, the title's very catchy, but it's Appalachian folklore and remnants. Yeah. And so I, I get the book, I'm start reading through it and yeah, it tells you things that uh, almost sounds like spell casting or whatever, but it's not. You're quoting the Bible. You quote certain verses to get rid of burns, and it works. Correct. Yes. Yeah. That's you know, it. Yeah. It, it's it's just stuff that we grew up with here. You know, it, it's things that we we believe, but it's it's rooted in Christianity. It's rooted in faith in God. And I had people. I had some hate mail sent to me that said I was uh, a hillbilly witch and. I wouldn't know a church. I wouldn't know a Christian if I passed one in a church and, you know, it's all kinds of hate, uh, but they don't understand where, you know, where you and I would come from. Correct. You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah I, I, I appreciate that. I've got that same book. Um, <laughs> I, I know that. Yeah. Um, and I, um, I used to struggle to figure out how to define where I was. And I read a paper by a gentleman uh, from West Virginia state university called um Appalachian folk magic and Protestant Christianity. Yeah. And I'm reading this and I thought, holy cow, this guy like nailed it. It's in the bibliography in the second book. Um, okay. And I, I mean, I could see um, people from my childhood. I thought I, I know these people. Yeah. And um, I have taken some flack, but interestingly enough, mostly from the Christian community, um, I've got, I've got one really close friend that, that's, um, I'm not sure if you'd describe her as a pagan or a witch, but, but she calls me Christian man. And I take it as a compliment because yeah, yeah. I mean, we have, um, like respectful, informative conversations about, well, this is what I believe and why. And it, it, it's helped me a lot, but, uh, you know, you can't, you can't tie them up and burn them to the stake because you just can't. Right. It's, that's not up to us. Um, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's nice to talk to you, Kevin, because um, people with this particular mindset and uh, viewpoint, we're few and far between, but I think, I think it's growing. You know, there's a, uh, there's a pastor down here. Um, I'm sure he won't mention mind if I mention his name is Josh Robinson. He lives down here in my county, uh, in Logan County, West Virginia. And he uh he's Red Heiser and he talks about the reinstatement. Uh. He uh he actually has a podcast called The Sword and Staff. 
and it, it's a great podcast. Um, what did you say his name was? Josh Robinson. And uh, his show is called The Sword and Staff Order. Okay. I'm going yeah. to. I'll check that out. Yeah, it, it's a good show. And uh, it, it really helps. It helps me to hear, you know, kindred, kindred mindsets, you know. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I want to take just a minute to tell you guys about SquatchSurvivalGear.com. If you're into camping, bushcraft, survival, prepping, or just looking for an everyday carry, SquatchSurvivalGear.com has everything you need. They have the gear to help you survive the worst day of your life. You know, it's just to help you be ready. Uh, For me, I have the Rock Ape Pack. It's one of the backpacks that they offer. It is, it's a good size bag. You know, it, I, I took it out on my last trip for a, for a four-day camp, and everything I needed fit in there. Um, they have things that go from that size down to, like, a sling bag. They have a bigger bag, you know, like the Grassman or the Yowie. Uh, if you haven't noticed, they have cool names, too. You know, they're named after, you know, these cryptids, the Minahuni. Uh, they, 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 they got it all. But the gear itself is 100% made in America, Every component is made in America. Um, the guy that's designing them and making them here, his name is Chris. He's been on my show a couple times, but he's a uh, he's a veteran, and he went with the gear that he used while in military service, and reconfigured it to to be even better, and made it available you know to the civilian sector. Top of the line gear, absolutely bomb proof. I love it. Best I've ever had in my life. You know, I've I've had Camelbacks, I've had LL Bean, I've had uh, some some really high end stuff, but this Squatch Survival gear, it just it steals the show. Uh, it's fantastic gear. So go to SquatchSurvivalGear.com. You can use promo code Bump Ten and save ten percent on anything on the entire site. I've had a running conversation with uh, my, my wife and I've been married almost 32 years. And I, I've had a running conversation. The, the pastor that married us has been a friend of mine forever. And we've had this conversation for a couple of years about, um, you know, whether or not the spirit world exists and, and he will, he will accept what I tell him because uh, he believes in me. All right. But, um, just as you say, um, the church needs to get involved in this because the the vacuum that was created, and this is just my opinion, the, the vacuum that was created when the church made a conscious decision to pr- pursue like the it's kind of a materialistic spirituality, it left the vacuum yeah. and um, the charlatans are moving in. Yes. And, and I, and I don't consider, uh, I have to qualify that by saying I have to consider like 
the the witches that I know that are legitimate witches and serious about what they do spiritually, mm-hmm. I don't put them in that same category because they're not trying to deceive anybody and they're not doing it for the money. Right. And that's sort of my thing with with um, dowsing. You know, you, you don't do it for money and you don't do it for other people. It's, you know, it's a personal thing. Right. And um, the issue now is, um, you know, and I this thing that really triggered me, the, 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 the pastor sent me, a, a friend of mine sent me an article about people are now, are once again using hallucinogenics um, to meet these uh, entities in the other world, and they're completely and totally unprepared, and they're using the term re-enchantment. Well, I went to a... a Paranormal Expo is the uh, metaphysical oddities in Paranormal Expo in Moundsville, West Virginia last weekend. Oh, wow! And there was a couple, uh, there was a couple vendors there, and they had um, the term reenchantment. We're going to reenchant the world, hmm. and and I, so I um, I reached out to a couple of my friends. Um, that are pagans and uh they were it like right because there is red flags with me and i wanted to see what they thought mm-hmm. and one of them flat out the first thing she said was oh, they're talking possession mm-hmm. these people are going to get they're going to get stoned and get and see what's on the other side and they're going to and their stuff's going to come back with them they're going to be possessed and i i thought that was quite interesting um that is interesting yeah because you know your guard's down right yeah, it, it lowers your energy to, to, to allow these things in. Well, you know, the old demon rum. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I don't get me wrong. I used to party. And then one day um, I, it, it kind of dawned on me. I needed to either like sober up or, I, or go down the wrong path. And I just decided that it was time to sober up. Yeah. Yeah. I've been there too. <laughs> that's kind of that's kind of the shape I came back home from the Air Force in. You know, we uh, we drank yeah, every well, day. That's a different. That's a different world. Yeah, it was. You know, we we drank when things went bad. We drank when things went good. You know. Yeah. So, I got gotcha. you. You know what I mean? But yeah, got to shake off those uh, those old habits. I'm I'm sorry I got us off track. As soon as you mentioned Heiser, man, I I I lit up like a Christmas tree. Um, well, you know, I. I I haven't done a lot of podcasts and I've come to the conclusion they're like writing. Um, once they start, if the muses chatter at you, you got to tell you got to say what they, what they're telling you. And I, you know, that, um, so if that's the way the conversation goes, I think it's great. Cause that's what we're supposed to be saying. That's it. That's it. Somebody needs to hear it. We need to say it. Correct. That's right. But- that's me good to hear. Um, Sometimes I think I'm the only one, you know, you, you start talking uh, Appalachian folklore and everybody goes to the Beverly Hillbillies, you know, and it's like, <laughs> and I, and I, you know, and it's, it's, it's like going to a paranormal conference. You can pick out the people who are serious and you can pick out the ones that that's just dress up. And it's the same with hillbillies, you know, you can, you can, you can spot a real hillbilly cause they don't tell you they're a hillbilly, <laughs> you, know, you know, and, and you can tell just by the way they act or what they say. Yeah. And then there's everybody, um, they think if I say the word holler, they're not, you know, you're a hillbilly. Well, n- not necessarily. And uh, this stuff like that. 
you know, it's, it's funny you said that when when these books came in and you know it says haunted hills and hollows i didn't i couldn't even read it right you know <laughs> i told my wife i said so i got these two volumes that says haunted hills and hollers and she was like what is it I was like, well, it says hollows, but you know, she just wanted to correct me kind of thing, you know? Well, it was one of those things. We actually had that conversation and Rosemary said, uh, don't you call it holler? And I said, no, I, I said, I can't speak for the rest of Greene County. <laughs> the part I grew up in, it wasn't hall, holler and it wasn't hollow. It was holla, holla, like H-O-L-L-A-H. And I said, we can't do H-O-L-L-A-H. And I said, I... I don't know that I can go for holler because holler, you know, in our little corner of the world was, was yelling at somebody. Yeah. So we stuck with um, haunted oh. hills and hollows. I, I had come up with that part. She came up with the lurking part. Yeah. So that was, that's how that came about. But um, yeah, I, you're not, that's the second time this week. Somebody's mentioned that to me about um, why isn't it holler? Well, <laughs> It just isn't. <laughs> you, you spell it correctly and I'll pronounce it wrong. It's all right with me, man. Well, it's like uh, Creek and Crick. You know, do you have Cricks there? Uh, well, some of us do, but I, I have Creeks. You know, yeah, we have, we see, we've got Cricks, Cricks and Runs. Yeah. Yeah. We got Runs. Yeah. It's fun. I, I wouldn't live anywhere else, man. I swear. Uh, let me get back to some. You're talking about these premonitions that you have. Yes. Um, are do you have like visions? Do you see people or entities? Uh, are you seeing through this the veil? Or what? Can you go into premonition a little bit for me? Um, I have had premonitions in real time. Um, there was a fire in an apartment complex here a few years ago, and I was driving past it. Um, and as I drove past, uh, this was on a it was towards the end of the week and i heard it i heard a voice very distinctly say that there was going to be a fire and there were, there would be fatality and there was um the really disturbing ones usually come in dreams um i don't remember the flight number because i don't have my notes in front of me but there was a there was a seven boeing 737 went out went down outside of pittsburgh on approach a number of years ago um plane uh, basically rolled over and flew straight into the ground and I, I saw the entire thing in a dream and i knew it was the u.s air well it was u.s airways then yeah. uh, i know it was the u.s air uh, aircraft from the from the markings um, and i knew there wasn't a living soul on the plane that um, had any idea what was going on but it, it killed everybody on impact and i think it took them like two years to determine the cause. And it, uh, I had that quite a little bit in advance of the actual event in a dream, but in, in the, uh, some of these prophetic dreams, um, there'll be something unusual happen while I'm doing something that was very mundane in my uh, waking life. In that particular dream, I was mowing hay out behind my grandparents' house, which I'd done, I mean, I can't tell you how many times. Right. And I looked up and watched this plane fly into the ground. And I spent some time figuring out why would I have a dream about a plane crash? And I was really trying to figure out how it related to mowing hay. And then the, um, I never explored the, the symbolism in the mowing of the hay after I figured out what the dream was. But in the, 
if you read the chapter about the um, close encounters of the Celtic kind, I, I, I actually took a shot at trying to interpret the dreams. Um, uh, and again, you know, coming from a, a Christian background, it was kind of a struggle to me figuring out why an Iron Age deity would just like pop up in real time. But, right. um, but I used the folklore to figure it out. So what what did you come up with for the, the is there a metaphor for the hay was it like a reaping uh um I never looked into it um you know what I, I probably should but I I didn't I didn't write the dream down so I I don't uh, I wasn't keeping a journal then so I all I remember is everything was correct as it would have been in real life except the plane hitting the ground. I mean, it had the, it had the right dog and everything, wow. but, um, so I, I, uh, I, the only, I haven't mainly because I wasn't keeping a journal then. Right. I keep a dream journal journal now, but. Oh, wow. So this, these are like visions, you know, like prophetic visions. You know? Um, yeah, you know, I had one, um, and I've never written this, uh, years ago that, uh, my grandmother had called my parents' house and said that the family cemetery somebody robbed the family cemetery at the graves were open hmm. so my dad and i uh went to the cemetery which in the dream wasn't in the right place it was between our house and my grandmother's in real life it was up on the hill behind them so in this dream it's real foggy and the graves are open and the vaults are open and the caskets are open and it's real foggy and this straight line comes down and these two figures uh, that were like single dimensional stepped off. One was the Grim Reaper hmm. and the other was an angel with the, with the book of life. And uh, I remember in the dream, I said to my dad is like, that's the Grim Reaper. And we're like trying to figure out why death's there. And the angel opens the book and thumbs through it and points to it and said that my name was written in the book of life. And he turned to death and he said, if you have no business here, you have to leave. And he got back on that line and became one dimensional and slid back up. And at that point I woke up and I was like drenched in sweat. Oh yeah. But I, um, that's the kind that's the way these dreams come. I mean, uh, when you, when you read the ones about the, the, um, leading up to running into the morgue and that was the kind of dreams I, I was having and i um they the symbolism becomes more complicated mm -hmm. um if it, and you have to like research it to figure it out but um you usually can find the messages it takes you have to write it down and research it and then ask for discernment and then and then something will happen you know, you'll get that last piece and then the next dream starts. Wow. wow. That's a, that's a gift. You know, I, I love wow. it. <laughs> Thanks. I, um, um, I used to think I could read people because I worked retail, but I, in hindsight, I could read people cause I can read people. Yep. Yep. You and, had to give to discernment, right? Yeah. And I, um, I'm very thankful for it. I'm, uh, we're, uh, we're blessed um ex we're extraordinarily blessed yes yes I, I feel like my wife has a gift of discernment and you know the kids hate it 
<laughs> but, <laughs> I'll bet. <laughs> but there, there's nobody that's going to pull the wool over her eyes, you know. She, uh, she's sharp, and she just knows. You know, she'll she'll talk to me. We we stay up late, and she'll say, "I just know." You know, I I can't tell you how I know. I she can feel it when somebody's not being honest. She can feel it when something's about to happen. She can. She always knows. Um, well, you remember they used to call that women's intuition, and that became sexist. <laughs> but it's true. Yeah. 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 Oh man. Well, Kevin, where do you want to go from here, man? We uh we haven't talked about your book hardly that much. Uh, we we touched on a couple of stories, but uh, well, I, I, yeah, I can I can give you the the um the first book. Um, I wrote about eighty percent of it. Rosemary wrote the chapter on uh, Rice's Landing and the one on the Angry Spirits of the Farm. Okay. Uh, the the rest of it I wrote. Um. I, uh, and I'm not sure how I got started on this, but uh, we, I sort of took a historical approach. I, I uh, had heard all these stories. My aunt, some of my uh, ancestors were uh, very German and they did what Germans do. Um, you know, they just didn't take any crap off anybody. And, um, and I got Scotch Irish on the other. And uh, the Reinhardt brothers came to Greene County and skirmished just the Native Americans. Um, there's a lot of bloodshed all over this county that's basically been forgotten. Um, in hindsight, you know, I figure uh, um, from the standpoint of the Native Americans, they just got pushed up. They didn't have a choice. And, uh, um, and, they, and they got shoved out. But what I did was um, I'd heard all these stories when I was a kid, you know, this place is haunted, that place is haunted. And, uh, and so I would, I dug out uh, the old Bates history of Greene County, which was published, I think in 1888. And the stories of some of the Indian skirmishes uh, matched up with where I'd heard about some of this um, paranormal activity. And then um, I sort of bent the rules where I was working at the time, the, uh, the Pennsylvania Department of Transportation had a had a website you could use at that time where you could, if you were granted permission, you could pull up maps that would indicate the likelihood of having run into Native Americans. Oh, wow. And this stuff was all lining up. And and the thing that really got me going on it was it was lining up with places that my grandmother had told me where the natives had hung out, according to the family history. So. Um, tried a lot of the um, bloodshed in with with hauntings in the case of the um, like the Crow Sisters in the western end of the county and and the Davis massacre and some other stuff and then um, in the case of the the historical society museum um, my ancestors were the original European owners of that piece of property and built one of the buildings that's still there and um, and there was some bloodshed with the natives there. There, I have a distant cousin, if I remember the story correctly, all they found of him was some of his hair and that was it. Um, so we, we tied that all together. Um, there's a story, uh, there's a chapter called um, Mysterious Lapping Farm, I think something along that. There's um, 
I had seen a newspaper article from the 1890s about two guys were hunting and they'd seen what we would call a reptilian. It was a lizard man. Mm -hmm. And um, it, it was kind of intriguing story, but also it's kind of familiar uh, urban legend is these guys are hunting and the lizard man picks one guy up and carries him away and his friends rescue him and all that. And I kept thinking, but this would be great if I had a corroborating witness. And I just made it, I used to run a farmer's market. And I made an offhand comment to a customer one day and lo and behold, one of their kids, they, they lived in a house that was built on the old lapping farm. And one of their kids had seen what looked like a big frog up on two legs and it hissed at her and i thought really so it turned out um they had some remarkable stories ab about the the house that they lived in was haunted um so that kind of took me down a rabbit hole where i looked into some of the really old uh native american stuff that uh academia says is hooey that is the the Moonite people or the Asgen mm -hmm. and um, the lizard man came up again um, at the museum. There's a, an entity there that I'm fairly convinced guards um, some artifacts, some of which came from the lapping farm. The, the, the lapping farm was unique in that they found I've read different accounts. One of them said up to a hundred graves hmm. of people that were all like three feet tall. So they were either children or they were all very small people. And they, um, they found two adults that had been beheaded and their heads were buried in separate graves. And, um, and I, you know, I, I, when the first book came out, I was doing some presentations. I was talking about the, the Asgen and the guy called me out on it and he said, well, you're talking about the Adena culture. And I said, mm -hmm. no, I'm not talking about the Adena culture. I'm talking about the ones that were here before them. And the, the guy had the deer, the headlights look. So, um, so there again, you know, that's where the folklore comes in. Um, I don't have any problem with that because, um, you know, if the native Americans said there was moon eyed people here, that's okay with me. Yep. Same here, man. Okay, so there, there's a couple UFO stories uh, in the first book. Um, a guy named Art Huck and the other guy I think we called Fred. Um, they both agreed. To, this, this is where I came up with the idea to be hypnotized. They both agreed to do uh, re, to be regressed. So um, Art Huck uh, had an encounter with something that in in his conscious memory he thought was an owl this is the next night after he'd seen what appeared to be a ufo on the ground uh, yeah the next night he had a similar he went back to the same site to convince himself that he was nuts and um he had an encounter with a, like a really large owl well after when he was regressed it turns out it was an owl it was more like a, a machine or a robot wow and the other guy fred um saw a black rectangle um, close to the county line between Green and Fayette County uh, along the Mon River. Uh, he was regressed and um, he was sort of convinced that, that what he saw was, was terrestrial. I, I don't know what it was or not. It's pretty, pretty wild either way. But 
<clears throat> excuse me, when I was researching that, excuse me. When I was researching that, I reached out to um, Stan Gordon, who's uh, mm -hmm. in Greensburg, and um, told him what I had, and and he had some eyewitnesses that had seen basically the same thing in the same area. So, um, first book, there's a lobster alien um, tries to abduct a woman. Um, there are some winged entities, uh, shadow people, black-eyed kids. Um, some other cryptid activity. The second book, like I said, it's uh, follow up on Art Huck and um, and Fred's experience with UFOs. Um, there was a uh, site uh, east of town, close to the town of Jefferson. The uh, Mordock family had owned it when I was in a kid when I was in high school. You know, it was well haunted. Everybody said it was haunted, and there was all these different theories as to what it was. So I, um, through my work with Rosemary, I, I had gotten so I didn't use much technology anyway. And I thought, well, this would be a good test case. Um, I actually talked to some psychics and we looked at it. And we came up with a fairly plausible explanation to, as to why it was haunted. Um, used the same technique, uh, looking at the historical society again, we looked at it. A little bit in the first book and the second book um i got more into the um causes of some of the human hauntings i don't know the rest Par rest parker wrote a book called um um healing wounded history mm -hmm. and um basically what happens to the land happens to the people and vice versa so if you if you read that if you're familiar with any of brandon marsulo's work um, where you, uh, in case of emotional um, uh, stimulation, either happy or sad, you you basically record it um, in the land. Uh, the 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 example um, it's recorded for posterity. The example that Russ Parker uses in Healing Wounded History is if something traumatic happens, you sort of send like a distress signal. And it's recorded in the land, and he, at, and uh, he says the first recorded distress signal is when Cain killed Abel, and God comes and said, "Your brother's blood is crying out to me from the ground." Well, you know, wow, uh, you know, God would would have already known it, but he specifically mentions that it was calling out from the ground. So we we looked at the museum from standpoint from two different standpoints of the of the the emotional human stuff that would have involved been involved in the leading up to some of the the human apparitions and then um based on past experience and intuition i had been convinced for years there was um, non-human entities there and and I, I think we did a pretty good job identifying them but again it goes back to the lore um whether or not uh you want to accept what uh what somebody's doing in retrocognition um but i had all this uh, evidence from the staff members that worked there is like, I heard this, I smelled that, I saw this. And I was pretty sure um, what was there. So I contacted the uh, Lindsay Miller's, a psychic lives in Armstrong County that I've been working with. And she said that she saw, I sent her a picture. I, what I do is I send her pictures blind and say, tell me what you, what you get from this. And she saw, um, 
a black dog with red eyes. Hmm. Well, uh, in the lore, um, I was based on personal experience at that farm in the first book and what was going on at the museum. I was pretty sure that what we'd run into was Jen. And when she said a black dog with red eyes, you know, that sealed it for me. Yeah, that's Jen. Yeah. But again, you know, people think gin or blue and they come out of a bottle and they have cuffs on and <laughs> yeah, you know, like you, on Aladdin, right? Yeah, yeah. You get a Harley <laughs> and a and a and a new truck and ten million dollars. Right. Yeah. Wow. That's so this book has it all. Uh, like I told you, I, I haven't quite finished it yet. I'm about, I don't know, maybe five chapters short from having the first volume done, and then I'll jump into volume two. Uh, the crazy thing is, yes, I can say this book has it all, but the fact is Greene County, Pennsylvania has it all. You well, know? We, don't, uh, we don't have a giant reptile um you're not far from them though <laughs> no i in fact i uh there's i said that to a, a psychic early this year and she said only because you haven't found it yet and uh, and i'm not sure whether she's joking or not um rosemary said that this was the most haunted county in america you know and um i i've taken some flack from that mostly from people from out around gettysburg and i <laughs> said okay you know i've seen a lot of really good stuff from Gettysburg. Right. But do you have aliens? You know, do you have cryptids? And and they got some ghosts, but yeah. um and just east of here is Chestnut Ridge. And you're a West Virginia boy. You're from where's Chestnut Ridge. Oh yeah. Very much. And so. we're we're kind of the foothills. And um it's just it's Appalachia. That's, that's the it. way it is. That, that's it. And these hills, <laughs> these hills are haunted. There, there's, there are spirits here. There, there's an old darkness here, and exactly, uh, I'm, I'm working on my own theory in my head about what all this is about. Um, and it kind of ties in with some of the stuff that Heiser might have, you know, talked about. Um, you know, old principalities. Oh, know, uh, I, I, dominion. I'm right there with you. Um, when the earth when the earth was flooded you know there's a there's a good chance that some of these tallest peaks may not have been submerged you know and if you try to escape the flood you go to the top of the, of the highest mountains the the appalachian mountain range used to be the very highest mountains you know so if there was anything if there's any remnant left over uh it would have been in these mountains <laughs> you know what i mean yeah um I'm just speculating, but I, I think there's a, a darkness that's been here for a long, long, long time. Well, uh, you know, Heiser talks about, um, wasn't it after the, the Tower of Babel when everybody split up and yes. um, and fallen angels are put in charge of different the different groups of people? Yep, that's what I'm talking and, about. The, and, the nations and, were given to me. They were given yeah, to me. yeah, and um, there's where your the darkness of your principalities come in. Yeah. And um, uh, yeah, I I'm right there with you. Yeah, I, I think that it's uh it's been the dark and bloody ground for that long. You Correct. Know? I really think so. Um, and I, I'd be interested. I'm I got a couple of guys that I'll I'll send you information about that might want to get a hold of you if you're open to it. 
um, there's a director who lives in Ohio. His name is Ward Honey, and he's working on uh, his his show, his series that he's been doing is called Dark Holler. Oh, uh, really? I had, I had him on my show. Um, we talked. I talked to Josh Robinson, the the pastor that I mentioned to you earlier, because they they've been working on something together, and they're putting up this series, and it's leading them down a rabbit hole. Um, it's led them to other places. I don't want to give all their secrets away because you know they're. I talk to them, they talk to me or whatever, but it's leading them to another location. And I have a feeling that it could lead them up to, to Greene County too. I, I think that all of this is going to be connected. I really believe that. Yeah, I'd be glad to. Um, uh, if they want to come up, I'd be happy to show them around or, or Skype or whatever. Um, yeah. You know, Logan County's not that far away. I should scoot down there and, and hear this pasture uh some sunday yeah well if you ever come down this way holler at me and I, i'll meet you we'll go together okay that works well, I, I, if you could do me one favor when yeah. you finish the second book uh give me some feedback on that last chapter um you know the 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 two male role models in my life are my grandfather and my dad and their thing was if you have to talk about what you're doing it's because you're not doing anything and <laughs> Um, so the publishers pushed me, you know, put, make it personal, make it personal, make it personal. And I, I, it, it was a real struggle for a couple of reasons. One, you know, it, it kind of goes against the grain and two, you know, you're kind of treading the line as a Christian or an, an Appalachian Protestant old school Christian yeah. saying, oh, Hey, you know, I ran into this Irish deity and, um, if you could give me some feedback on that, I'd appreciate it. Hey, I'd love to. I'd, I'd, I'd be honored to, man. I, I appreciate Sweet. It. Appreciate it. Will do. Uh, Kevin, is there anything else you want to want to go over real quick? I have. One, I do have one more question for you. I, sure. Um, okay. I might have like 5,000 questions and we could do this all night long, but. Well, there's uh, email and, you know. <laughs> that, that's right. Uh, Bigfoot. You said you think you might have seen a Bigfoot one time. I would yes. love to hear what what you saw and what you think bigfoot is actually i think i saw it twice mm. um first time um was quite some distance away uh on a gas line right away mm. um it's kind of similar to what's in the book the first book um yep. standing next to a tree and when when it realized i thought it was a bear at first up on its hind legs till it stepped back and it didn't walk like a bear. Um, and I haven't, I don't think I've said this publicly. I saw one, what I think was one at the historical society um, down along the creek, but I only saw like the top half of it. Whatever this thing was, was very large and it was very hairy and it was upright. Um, I've been asked this several times um, about what I think Bigfoot is, and I'll give you the same answer I give everybody else. I'm a Greene County farm boy. And if Greene County, ref if uh, Sasquatch were flesh and blood, somebody would have popped one and had it in front of the courthouse. <laughs> yeah. I, I think they're interdimensional. Like a lot of this stuff is, um, like most of it is, for all I know, uh, Sasquatch, Jinn, and Shadow People could all be the same thing. Um, I don't think it is yet because don't have enough proof, but um, I, I think they're interdimensional. Yeah. Um, Stan Gordon, if you've ever read any of his stuff or heard him, he's got some 
yeah. you know, uh, Chestnut Ridge, you know, the old lady that, that let loose with the 12 gauge. Yeah. And the thing just vanished. And, yeah, just um, vanished. you know, you, you've lived in the hills. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's no, that's no flesh and blood creature. No, what, what I experienced, what, you know, you, you hear it, you see stuff get thrown around, but you don't see anything. Yeah. You know? It's like, where, where is it at? If I can hear you talking, where are you at? You know? Uh, yeah, I think you could be right. You know, I think dog man's the same thing. Um, I think there's something interdimensional about that too. Yeah, there's, um, I got a dog man report over the weekend. Um, it was actually from Marshall County, West Virginia, which is just to our West. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wasn't real surprised the area it came from because in my, in my professional life, uh, I still work three days a week with, um, I probably shouldn't give the agency. It's a federal agency associated with United with USDA. We do soil and water conservation work. Okay. So I I I run those roads. Um, some I'm not as familiar with them as my coworkers, but this gentleman approached me at at that uh, paranormal conference and started talking about where he'd seen uh, what he thought was a coyote, but it morphed into a dog man while it was running down along this Creek. And he said where the Creek was. And I thought, Oh my Lord, I know exactly where you're at. Mm. And um, so I'm going to send that on to a couple of people. Um, there is a guy uh, locally. He's in the second book. Uh, the chapter is called Demon Colin that tells a very credible story. Um, I've run into a dog man. Um, I, I talked to a mother of a guy that saw one. Um, this is mentioned briefly in the book near a little village of uh, George Fort. Uh, I think they saw what they said they saw. I, 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 I actually think they saw one. Yeah. Um, but if you read the, uh, you know, the, the Skinwalker, read about the Skinwalker Ranch, Oh, same thing you know you could you might shoot one and you might get a pound of flesh but um that's gonna you're not gonna i don't think you're gonna put one of them down right right it's a wild world what's that there's a wild world out there yeah well it's gonna get wilder here as yes, the years it is. go by yes it is i think uh i think we're just now beginning to see it i think this is the beginning of the end honestly uh you've got no argument from me yeah well kevin it's been wonderful talking to you uh, uh my pleasure thank you for having me on thank you so much for being on and if you'll come back for a part two down the road i would love it um just give me a holler when you're ready all right will do brother all right that's it for this week guys i hope you enjoyed listening to the show if you just have to have more content you can go to patreon.com slash the bump podcast and subscribe and be a patron uh got more and more content on there every week so i hope you enjoy that uh to catch up on past episodes go to the bumppodcast.com click the episode tab and it'll take you to any episode you want to listen to also if you want to be on the show i would love to have you on share your story with us go to the bumppodcast.com click the holler at me button and holler at me send me an email the bumppodcast at gmail.com And uh, I'll get you on as fast as we can. All right. Again, thanks for listening. I love you guys. Until next time, don't stop believing.